Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. My guest today is a content creator, podcaster, and co-founder and CEO of his own podcasting company. He has spent the majority of his career in the digital marketing world with working with some of the top companies such as Red Bull, GM, and more. However, he has always had the desire to start his own venture and back in 2017 decided to launch his own podcast called Basil Meets to provide a platform for people to share their stories. After the success of his podcast, he realized he wanted to produce different types of shows and help other podcasters expand their audiences, and along with his partners, decided to launch his own podcasting company last year called The Rising Giants Network. During this episode, we discussed his journey of building a podcasting company, he shares with us his story behind launching his own podcast, and we talk about the podcasting industry in the region and what the future of that looks like. Throughout his journey, he realized how storytelling is something that is universal and is irrespective of any cultural boundaries. He has always been passionate about content and creativity, and that has played a big role in his success. And the last message he wanted to share is don't worry about the things you can't control and focus only on the things that you can. Please welcome to the show the co-founder and CEO of the Rising Giants Network, Mr. Basil Anabtawi. Thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate uh, your time, and I really appreciate that we're doing this. It's the right time. We're talking about podcasts and we're talking about whatever it is you want to talk about so yeah no thank you for your time man i really appreciate it especially now i know you're really busy at the moment so thank you for your time uh so basil i heard from i heard about you through um of course jamil through the hamburg generation and i know you guys were on you were on his podcast and through another friend of mine and i know now i know you had a podcast and now you transitioned into a podcast company so as someone in the same field i'm like i'd love to speak to you about just your journey and how you transitioned into a company and all that but for the people who don't know basil why don't you give all of us just a bit of a background about yourself and we'll take it from there sure yeah um I think I find it the one of the oddest things in the world for me is um, is talking about myself because usually I'm, uh, I'm I'm in reverse, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the one who's having a conversation with somebody and and having them on my show. But yeah, I mean, look, I'm uh, my name is Basil. I'm just uh, a guy who likes to podcast, you know. And uh, I got into podcasting um, a few years ago. In fact, I think I got into podcasting back in. Um, 2016, 2015, actually, uh, 2015, because it was, I, I was, I like to run a lot, you know, I, I'm a big runner and, uh, and uh, I wanted to listen to something other than music uh, when I was, uh, when I was running. And I'm also really interested in like uh, American elections. Uh, so at the time the American elections were happening. Um, and so I wanted to look for something that, um, that I could, you know, that I could entertain me with that. So I started going on the Apple podcast app just to check what was this thing all about. Um, and then I found some NPR shows and MSNBC shows and stuff like that. And I started getting into podcasting and one thing led to another. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, I started listening to more shows like Joe Rogan and, and then I discovered Serial, which changed everything. Um, and I decided that, hey, you know, I could, I could do this. I like to talk to people, you know. And so I, uh, I, I started my own show, which is Bass and Meats. Um, and since then, you know, I worked with, um, or sorry, I, I spoke to so many different guests, um, you know, people from uh, just people who, who just have interesting stories. They don't necessarily have to be famous or anything like that. Just people who have interesting stories. Sure. And and I've covered so many different stories, which were, which was honestly amazing. And I, I love having these conversations with people because I feel like we become friends more than sure. anything else. Um, and, uh, you know, and yesterday I just did an episode yesterday with an ex boss of mine, you know, who, uh, who okay. my boss 10 years ago. Yeah. And he's like now the head of GM in the region and like, you know, and to, to a lot of people, this guy's intimidating and like, oh shit, this guy's like really high up there. And, but after we had our conversation yesterday, I really felt that we were we were buddies. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, so so that's one of the reasons why I love to do this 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 show. But you know, otherwise, I transitioned from being a podcaster to like actually starting a podcast company. It's called Rising Giants Network. I still do Basil Meets, um, and I still do. Um, I, I've started a new show called Legendary Rock Stories, um, and um, and yeah, and. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm married, you know, I've got a lovely <laughs> wife who put me on shape. Uh, I, I used to be much, uh, you know, less healthier than this. Um, and I got a beautiful boy. He's one year old. Uh, his name is Zane. And 
that's me really. I mean, there's so much about me, but I just don't know how to sum it, summarize it. But I'm sure we'll, we'll all come up in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, first of all, Beth, thanks for sharing that with us. Just giving us a little background uh, always helps. And so 10 million things I need to ask you about. And first of all, I wanted to start at, so I know looking, I was looking, when I was doing my research, I know you were doing, you've been, content is what you love and that's what you're passionate about and like creativity. So with Red Bull, with Enoch, with GM, it's all content, content, content. Now, everyone's going to have a different answer to this question, but I'm curious to hear what your opinion is. If I ask you, I'm like, Basil, what makes a good piece of content? What would you say? Oh shit, this, this feels like a job interview, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yo, a, a good a good piece of content for me is a is a piece that tells a good story. That's pretty much it. You know, if uh, if you you well, you know, if you tell if you grab me with a, with a with a with a narrative, no no matter how long or how short, um, I'm going to be consuming that that content. You know, so what's what's the what's the goal of your content and um, and and what what story is it telling me? So it could be something like an action video. Um, you know, which is what we did really well at Red Bull. Um, super action-driven stuff, um, you know. Uh, but for me, it was always about, well, what's the hook? What's the, what's the, what's the story? What, what are we trying to say in this piece, yeah. you know? And I think it's as simple as that, is finding that little story. And I think that's something that really matters to me. Um, and that's why I, I like the long form as well. So it's not just the short, but also the long form. And I think uh, that's why, particularly for myself, I love um, publications like um, Vox, like the New York Times, like uh, like Red Bull, um, you know, uh, like BuzzFeed, um, and then I like the the the, the how, what they do on YouTube, you know, and and yeah. I, I'm very fascinated with the world of YouTube, and I, I always say that the new making it is making it on YouTube, and it's not making it in Hollywood, you know, and uh, <laughs> and, and so it's it's for me it's all these things it's. Uh, the the core tenant or the core thing that 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 gets them all um, that, that the common denominator between all of them is just having a really good hook and a good story. Yeah, uh, and I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, that's what people relate to the most. You know, a story. What was like you said the message behind the content, whether long form or short form. But I was also thinking, like sometimes people will look at I'm like people, some you'll make a post. And you'd be like, you thought that you did a good job and the story and the message was clear, but the engagement wasn't. So when you're as a creative, is it do you know when like I've done this and I know this is a good piece of content or does the engagement really factor in to determine was it actually that good or did that hook like really come through with people? I get you. I think it's, uh, it's that's a great question, man. And I think it's uh, it's really a combination of both. I think I, I think when you're a content person uh yeah you have to have a certain piece of or a certain um creativity to yourself you know what i mean so and with practice and with uh and with learning and with consuming enough content you'll start having a gut feeling of what's going to work and what's not going to work um and i think that's something i developed really well at red bull um because we were such an operation of um of uh, such a content operation at least from the yeah. media house where, where i worked um, you know, we were very conscious about what works and what doesn't work, but it's always at the core of it. We knew, we kind of had that gut feeling that this piece of content was going to be good, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I always say that it's, it's a mix of art and, 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 and business. It's a, it's a good mix of that. And I think that's what makes content people very unique, um, is that they, they know what, that the story they're about to tell, uh, they, they have that sort of art, artistic side to them, but at the same time, they have this audience side to them as well, which they understand the audience. Now, I think one really important point for me is it all starts with the audience. It really all starts with the audience. And I think if you identify your audience from the beginning, it's really, it's, it's honestly the, 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 um, the, the process of creation becomes so much simpler, you know, yeah. uh, because you understand your vertical. And if you know this vertical and you know, you know this, type, this vertical consumes this type of content, then you can almost start that the process almost does itself or creates itself you know what i mean yeah um and it, it almost becomes like you have a format that works because the format has been tried and tested with this particular vertical and uh, and it's almost like well what and that's where you start coloring with the story all right well what story am i trying to tell what athlete for example in the world of red bull what athletes 
uh, are we giving wings to? Um, or what artists are we uh, are we highlighting? Um, you yeah. know, so that sort of thing. And you know, it's it's uh, it's it's always for me goes back to these two things: the, the the story and and I think I should have said that much earlier. But the audience is honestly, I think, the most important part of any planning. Yeah, and I think I think that's a very good point because, like you said, it gives you the direction. You can come up with whatever story you want, but now I know the type of story that's going to resonate with these certain type of people. So on that point, so when you started Basel Meets, because when you like, for example, me, I started this podcast myself. I didn't have an didn't really think about an audience in mind. I just wanted to start it and see what happened. I had an idea kind of demographic, and I think you might have had similar with Basel Meets. But now when you transition, now that you've transitioned into a company, I think, and you're, cause I know you create, you have, you guys have like six shows, uh, five in Arabic and one in English. And it, I think, and when it becomes a bit more, what's the word? Is it the word professional? I don't know what it means or targeted or like it's a business. The audience now plays a much bigger role from the, from the beginning, you know? So when we started, we might not have had an idea of the type of audience, but now that you have like with your company, it's a bit different. So how does it work now with your podcast with like as a company? Yeah, uh, I mean, the for for I mean, when I started Basel Meets, I honestly had no audience in mind. I was just like, look, I am just going to do a podcast because I want to do a podcast. You know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've always um, I, there's always a part of my personality where I always wanted to do something of my own. You know, um, I always wanted to do that. Like I always uh, thought like, OK, uh, here's a new idea I'm going to pursue and I'm going to pursue this idea. Um, and one thing I found is that I started overthinking all these ideas, like overthinking these ideas to a point where I wanted to perfect everything, you know? Um, no, it's not right. It's not right. Maybe this is not going to work, but that's not going to work. Blah, blah, blah. And then what ends up happening is I end up dropping the idea altogether, you know? Um, and that happened to me multiple times over the past 10 years. So um, so what happened with uh, Basin Mies is that it was a kind of a pivotal time for me because I thought I want to declutter my brain and I cannot think about 10 million things at the same time because I would think about an idea and then 10 minutes later, I think about another idea. And then a month later, I'm like, as I work on idea A, I'm now developing idea B. And it's just like, it was a shit show, you know? And uh, and so what I tried to do in, it was 2017. And what I tried to do is like, I'm going to declutter. I'm going to focus on three things. Um, I knew I liked sneakers at the time. I had the sneaker hype thing going on. So I was like, you know, you know what? Sneakers make me happy. So I'm going to focus on my, my, my hobby of sneakers. Sure. Two is music. I really enjoy music. So I want to continue exploring music and that kind of thing. And, you know, I'm a big rock guy. So, um, so, so I really like enjoy um, that, that part of me. And the last thing is if I come up with an idea or whatever it is, I'm going to focus just on that one. Uh, I did no business ideas that year. Nothing, no business ideas. And the one thing I wanted to do was do a podcast. And uh, and so I didn't really think much about who the audience was going to be um, and why I wanted to do this audience and that kind of thing. So what I, what I wanted to do was something for me. And, and I wanted to have conversations with people, with interesting people. And you know that saying, build it and they will come. Uh, yeah. that, that was my mentality. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to do it. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, I'll just hang, I'll just hang it up and say, like, I tried, you know? Sure. Um, and I think uh, that's a cool quote from James Hetfield of Metallica when he was, uh, you know, when they did SNM, uh, their, their Symphony of Metallica album. Uh, you know, he said, you know, um, you know, it's a cool thing. Um, if we tried, uh, sorry, if it works, we, we'll say, if it doesn't work, we, we, we tried, if it works, then it's, it's cooler, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, Basel Meets picked up slowly, but surely it started picking up and, and it taught me a lot about, um, you know, uh, consistency and, and not being afraid, uh, of, of asking, um, of asking people for things, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for example, if I wanted, uh, you know, I got Slash on the podcast, you know, and oh, I'm sure. a huge fucking Slash fan, you know. <laughs> um, and all it took was, and, and I remember this very clearly. Like, I, when I said I wanted to get Slash on the podcast, a lot of people around me said, like, mm, no, I don't know if that's going to work. And one particular person told me, uh, well, why the fuck would Slash come on your podcast? You know, like, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Podcast? Yeah. But hey, man, all it took was for me to ask, you know, and and package my podcast in a way uh, which was appealing. And, you know, the guys at Anrami thought it was a good idea. And well, lo and behold, my wife and I went to Abu Dhabi. 
you know, she was my camera person. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and we met Slash and I had a fucking 20 minute conversation with Slash on my podcast, which is amazing, you know? Yeah. Um, and with that, like, it really taught me a lot about like, just don't, don't fear, just ask the question, do what you think is right for yourself. Um, and if it builds an audience, great. If it doesn't build an audience, it's fine. Um, and you know, you know, thank God it, it grew and, and my love for podcasts grew even more. Yeah, yeah. And then I started getting involved in, not involved, but like I started getting uh, interested in different types of podcasts. Like, uh, okay. there's this company called Wondery in the U S and yep. they do like, you know, Wondery, yeah. Like they, yeah, they yeah. do these amazing shows like, um, Dr. Death or business wars or whatever. And I started getting drawn to these type of shows, you know, I'm like, this is amazing. Like this type of storytelling is fucking phenomenal. Like I love this, you know? And I started realizing that there isn't much of that in our region, you know? And, uh, and even if it does exist, it exists on a very cultural level, you know, and, uh, not a, what do you, uh, what do you mean by that? Sorry to interrupt you. What do you mean by on a cultural, cultural level? As in like, you know, um, very documentary series type of format. Okay, you know what I mean? gotcha. Yeah, um, and and that's uh, and that's cool. There's an audience for it, but that wasn't the, the type of content that I was looking for for myself, which is the same mentality that I had when I started Bassin Meets. You know, so I wanted to create something for me that was cool. You know, and uh, and so I, I embarked on Legendary Rock Stories, which is my second podcast. Um, and if you listen to Legendary Rock Stories, it's it's very much in line of how it's it it almost sounds exactly like a Wondery show. Um, it's voice acted, it's narrated, and it's all written and, and voice acted and everything by me, you know, uh, with my partner, Bashar, who does all the uh, sound design. Um, and with that, we started like sort of, do, that's where Rising Giants, that's the inception of it was, is, is creating these type of, you know, narrative shows that we don't really have much of in this region. Yeah. And there's so many stories to be told. There are so many amazing stories to be told, not just from our region, but from beyond to be told in the Arabic language, you know? Um, and, and I've always had these ideas of the type of, you know, the type of stories that I want to tell. And to go back to your previous questions, like, how do you know if it's good or not? You know, it's almost like because I've consumed so much content and so many yeah, yeah. podcasts, I kind of know, like, what's going to yeah, work yeah. and it's going to work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but also, of course, we pair it up with, like, you know, how did it do when we release it and how much, how many minutes were consumed and um, how are the download rates and stuff like that. And, you know. So, so yeah, of course, now, now moving into that, we, we, we have to be much more systematic and process sure. driven in how we create shows, you know, and, um, and now we, we focus on audiences way more, you know, like we think about that particular audience and how we can, um, yeah, how we can give a story to that particular audience and also think about the type of stories that we want to tell and if there's an audience that exists for that type of audience. So, so yeah, it's, it's, that's, it's almost like a, like an organic evolution to get there. You know, um, it wasn't, it wasn't something like, um, it wasn't conscious, I guess it wasn't a, 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 an overnight conscious decision. It was more of a, you know, I see where podcasting is moving. I know that as Bass and Mies, I cannot do it in that sort of format. I can do it with other people. And I think I want to empower other people's voices to tell these stories. Um, and, and I know I can get a lot of people who don't know how to make podcasts to do a great podcast. Um, yeah. and, and we'll work on that together, you know, and hence the name Rising Giants, which is like, you know, people who, uh, who, you know, we're trying to build them up and, and make them yeah. great, uh, you know, great individuals and, and build great formats and great stories and great IPs. Yeah. Sorry if I'm going too much on my answers, but, you know, I get no. a little passionate no 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 this is these are the answers that i love because you can tell that like the guests usually like lo like loves what they do which is what i so every podcast that i do my focus is on the expertise of the field that the guests in because that's where the passion is going to come we cannot there's no point talking about something that me and you don't like so <laughs> um so many things that you said that i resonated with first of all I love how you said uh, earlier in our conversation that you had a recording with one of your ex-bosses and, you know, people think he's this intimidating guy and so on. But you sit down when you, you sit down, and you just have a conversation with him. And then you that's like you said, you really start to connect, understand, like this is just another person later on, like in their life. They've achieved one, two, three. But at the end of the day, they have families, they have kids, they, ha they go through the same things that we all go through. So it makes it so much more like relatable. And number two also is. The questions that your friends said, like, why would Slash want to come on your podcast? Like, who's Bass? Like, why? And what I also learned in this experience, just like you said, is just ask. 
what's the worst that's going to happen? Like the worst thing that someone can say is no. If they say no, okay, cool. But in my experience, and I'm sure in yours as well, you'd be surprised how many people are willing to do it when you just ask in like an authentic, unauthentic way. You do something interesting. I want to sit down and have a conversation with you. And that's it. it. There's no more to it. It's so simple. And a lot of people, you're giving them a stage also for them to talk and share their story. And pe- everyone loves talking about themselves because we're people. That's what, <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> and um, I wanted to come back to, like you said, in past 10 years, you did a lot of a lot of different things, right? You, I know 2011, you did a burger shop. 2012 was e-commerce. Then you did Rahib Feed as well. So, and now you have Rising Jump. Oh, can I tell you this? No, so, <laughs> I'll tell you why. So I listened to your your episode on your podcast when you talked about the evolution of rising giants. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, yeah. so I have a good understanding of like your story yeah. and like everything. Yeah, yeah. I was like, um, this guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, and usually if, as get, um, I have a guest coming on the show that has a podcast. I like to listen to some of the episodes before because that's how I help get better questions. I don't want to ask you something you've already been asked like ten times, but. From those experiences, you know, during that time where you start something, it didn't work out, whatever. How have what was the biggest takeaway you took from that, and how has it helped you now with Rising Giants? Because I'm sure you learned a lesson in each of those instances. Yeah, I think uh, for me, it's finding finding the right partner is really important. You know, okay. finding the right uh, co-founder uh, because sometimes, like, you almost need a sparring partner all the time. You know, like uh, somebody mm. that. Uh, that really keeps you going. And uh, and once your fuel starts running out, uh, you need the other person to sort of get like, you know, re-energize you back into the game, you know? Sure. Um, and um, and I think I'm, I'm a kind of person who likes to work in, in either a group or in pairs. Um, I just, I like to feed off the energy of people. So finding the right partner, I think is really important. And uh, somebody who also believes in your vision is, is really, really important. Um, also, I think um, doing something that you are you enjoy is really important as well because I think a lot of these ideas that I had before, um, bar the burger place maybe, um, was and Rahib feed. I actually really enjoyed working on that. But but majority would be things that I'm just thinking about the end result rather than the journey to get to the end result. So like okay. I'm thinking, oh, this is a good idea. I can make some money from this. I can sell it. Oh, and I can be seen as this tech guy. Oh yeah, that sounds sexy. Let's do it. But then I start doing it, and I, I realize like, I really don't care about this thing. You know, like um, <laughs> I honestly don't care about lines um, at a uh, you know at a at a bank. You know, it's one of the ideas that I had. Or or e-commerce. I really don't care about e-commerce. Um, you know, I don't care about these things. Um, and also, I, I realize it takes a certain type of person to do it. So it takes a certain type of person to be a tech guy. It takes a certain type of person to be a startup guy. And and I realized that, you know, maybe I'm not that type of person, you know, maybe I'm not the, the tech guy, the, 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 the guy who's going to run, who's going to build the, the solution to e-commerce. Maybe I'm not that guy. And maybe I think you can need to reconcile with yourself that, uh, you know, you're just not that person. There's an Arabic saying, uh, and, and you know, I don't know how they say it in English, but, you know, uh, um, you know just know your limitations and yeah. it's good to know your limitations. And uh, and I think at some point I had to like get to a point where um, I need to recognize this is my limitation. This is my strength. And now I need to build on my strength. Um, and my strength is content and story, storytelling and um, interpersonal relationships and uh you know, uh, and, 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 you know, that's, that's what I wanted to do. And I, I realized that with doing podcasts, that's, I'm good at that. Like, shit, I'm good at that, you know, like, so I'm going to build on something I'm good at. And, you know, when you're, when you're doing something you get at and you're doing it well, I think it attracts the right people um, yeah. to, to, to sort of believe in what you're doing because you're not some random guy who wants to do like a solution of lines in front of a bank, you know, like, who are you? What's your qualifications? But when you're doing like something that you're good at and something you actually really passionately enjoy, nothing's going to feel like a job anymore. You know, like it's not going to feel like I'm doing something like I enjoy working on Rising Giants. I would work until 12 at night uh, on, on Rising Giants and it wouldn't feel like a job because I love what we're doing at Rising Giants, you know. Um, and then luckily I found the right partners, you know, with uh, with Bashar, our sound engineer, who's my, my partner and uh, Saeed, who's uh, who takes off the admin and finance stuff, sure. part of it, because yeah. I suck at that. And I'm, <laughs> I'm so happy to say that I suck at that. 
And then Barry, who owns uh, Barricker Studios, who really helped us in giving us full studio space that we could use. Um, and that kind of offsets the cost from us. Like we don't have to pay for studio space at all. So like it all comes together because, you know, it all goes down to you enjoying what you do. Um, and then you're good at what you do because you enjoy what you do, you know? Yeah. And so those are the key takeouts for me, to be honest. Yeah. And it sounds also like through all those experiences, number one, I love what you said about finding the right partner, because even in like my experience running this podcast myself, I think it would help to have someone to not not necessarily a co-host, but just someone to like maybe bounce off ideas, someone to just help you with whatever you need help with. And number two is I think what you learned or correct me if I'm wrong is like awareness of yourself. Like, I don't need to be that kind of guy. I don't need to be that. You know, I know my limitations and I know what I'm good at. So let me just focus on what I'm good at. Would you agree? that's so important man honestly like yeah. it's i wish i i like i i mean i'm not a regretful person and i feel like i look back at everything and i look at, i take it with a grain of salt and i take it with like i'm happy that it happened to me but i think the the earlier you recognize you know who you are um the more runway time you have you know yeah. to, to build what you want you know so uh so i'm glad i mean it happened to me i'm, I'm 36 now and it happened to me a couple of years ago um, and it's good. It's a good time. You know, it's, it's a good time to do it. Um, but, but definitely just, I, I felt, I feel like surrounding yourself with people as well, who, um, who give you the right sort of, um, energy and, and the right, um, you know, the right influence. I think that mm. matters as well to a certain sure. extent because when you surround yourself with people that you feel that you want to, I guess, impress or, whatever, like that, that sort of thing, you might start doing things that aren't true to yourself, you know, and, um, sure. and that kind of becomes like a limit, like that kind of like deters you and slows you down, you know, and, um, um, and I, I realized early on that I, I shouldn't be doing that. I should be doing something that I really enjoy. And look, I, I'm not gonna lie, man. When I, when I first started the podcast, I, I, a lot of people were like, Ooh, Mr. Joe Rogan, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing, you know? Um, and so like you get that in the beginning, right? You, they, yeah, they, yeah. But that's good. That, that's, that's, that should be a vote of, um, of confidence for whoever is doing that because, because no journey is complete without that, you know, like you gotta sure. get that, uh, you gotta haters. get that <laughs> you gotta get the haters. Otherwise you're not doing that right. You know? exactly. so, <laughs> yeah. So it's like you're writing your own book. You know what I mean? Like your life is your own book and you gotta write it and you have to have those characters in your life. Of course, a hundred percent, man. I resonate with so much of what you just said. First of all, on the point that um, I don't like, like you, like I don't look at things as regrets, but also I look at it as if I knew this is what I wanted to do like three years ago, like where would I be now? It's like that, like that time lost. Like where would I be now if this started like three years ago? So I know exactly, I know exactly what you mean. And even me, when I started the podcast, I'm guessing they called you Joe because we're both, you know, bald. So you know, it make, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly and um even when i started to be honest i was like oh, i started a podcast i'd released that i can't remember i think three episodes in i was like it didn't feel right it didn't feel, I, even myself i didn't believe like oh i have a podcast even saying it i, was, I used to feel weird about it because the people are like what does it mean to be a podcaster like what is that and it, but now here we are this is now our episodes episode 47 it's been 47 weeks in a row so now yeah so now it's so now, so now it feels different <laughs> now i'm like no, no i am a podcaster i have the i have the backlog to prove it um i wanted to come on thank you man i appreciate that i want to so when you started off the podcast i love the your story when you're sitting in the car and you know debating to get the mic you know it's that that decision you know that decision like oh do i get that do i start do i not and then you end you did then you and you went and did it and you committed and i think like you said this is what you liked anyway so and felt more natural to you but i'm curious so when were you starting the podcast how did you go about like finding guests how did you how consistent did you want to be walk us through like that early early days journey because i think a lot of people starting out would find that quite useful um look i think it's um uh i did it like I, I opened my excel sheet and then uh and i i put like the names of anybody who i thought is going to be will have an interesting story um, okay. And then when I knew that, for example, there are certain individuals who are going to be in Dubai, um, I would also try to see who's organizing that particular event and see if I could get um, that guest on. So, um, so 
Yeah, so like I, I, it was a combination of people between uh, people I liked on Twitter. You know, I love Twitter, so like I really, so I, I follow some really interesting people, and and I try to get them on the show. And uh, you know, uh, I think the, the 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 tough one was like just a technical thing in the beginning was I was like, well, how do you start a podcast? You know, like I, sure, I don't need yeah. a mic. Like, okay, well, I need to like clean this uh, content. You know, I need to. Uh, I don't know. I don't know any of this stuff. You know, I don't know how to edit audio. I don't know how to edit a video. I don't know any of this stuff. Um, luckily I had a, a GoPro, um, that, um, that my, I guess my parents or my wife got me, I'm not sure who, somebody got me on my birthday at some point. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, I used that to film my podcast in the beginning and then I, okay. GoPro is really easy to edit. So, uh, so, you know, I used that in the beginning and how to do it. So that's what, that's from the video. Like the, the audio one, I just, I use Blueberry, um, which is, uh, no, actually, sorry. I used GarageBand to edit and then I used okay. Blueberry to release. Um, so, so I, 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 there had to be a little learning curve there in the beginning, um, but I was excited because, um, because I, I actually did my first episode before I engrossed myself on any of these things. Because if I did engross myself on any of these things in the beginning, then I would probably would have been deterred. And I was like, I, I don't have time to do that. Yeah, 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 for sure. But, um, but, uh, but luckily my wife was also doing my, her master's and, um, and, and because, you know, we spent a lot of time together and did stuff together and whatever. So on Saturdays, I had a lot of dead time, you know, like she was, she, she had like five, six hours of doing her master's. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to use this time to enrich myself as well, you know? Um, and, and so I learned this whole podcasting editing thing. Um, so, but, but yeah, then, then when I put all these guests together, I started reaching out to these guests. And like you said, just ask, just ask, you know, and, um, and my first really, my first guest was my buddy, Joe Akawi, and whom you should really have on your podcast. He's a great guy. I should definitely put you guys in touch. Please do. Um, he's like, I, I always say he's my most famous friend. He's always, he's a tech guy. He's always on Al Arabiya and, um, and NBC talking about tech and that kind of thing. I mean, him also like we have a lot of like we're really old friends. Like we're friends since like I've known him for like twenty years, and um, and so like we talked about all sorts of things, you know. And uh, and I was really nervous at the beginning because I'm not sure how to interview my buddy, you know. And uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, and it was really like it was just really interesting. I was hoping he would cancel because I, I was really nervous. Um, but then when when, they, when he came in, I loved it, and so I couldn't wait to put it out. And the reception was amazing. Like it, a lot of really positive feedback came from people, so I thought it, it gave me this like instant gratification, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, I could do this always, like on a weekly basis. And I started doing it on a weekly basis, um, and it was the first thing I really committed to in, in a really long time. Um, and yeah, like uh, there was this band called Sepultura. They're a heavy metal band. They were they were in Dubai, and I asked if I could talk to their guitarist Andreas Kisser, and. They're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, I was like, first podcast in the region, number one. Like, <laughs> you know, I was like packaged best in me. It's like probably had like 300 listeners at the time. Uh, but they're like, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> you could talk to Andreas Kisser. And it was really cool. I talked to him and, and that started getting built more and more and more. Um, I paused a little bit during COVID because I got really disheartened with um, with this type of conversation. Like it was like the digital type, you know, which, you know, I, I really enjoyed the face-to-face thing. It, it almost sure. felt like, I'm going into my own bubble and like I'm meeting this person and we're having a really nice one hour of conversation, which is really meaningful. So when we started doing it remotely, I was like, this doesn't really work for me. Um, but then I now, and then of course we went into building rising giants and stuff. So I got really busy. Um, but now we're bringing it back and I just released our first episode and season three, I'm calling it. Um, and I, I did another episode yesterday and I'm, I'm recording a couple more next week. Um, so uh, yeah, we're bringing it back, um, yeah. and hopefully when we get the vaccine, and my guests get vaccinated, we can bring back the face-to-face thing and sure. uh, and do it more often face-to-face. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I love that you <clears throat> even. So it's funny that you said the whole quarantine thing because I started my podcast during quarantine. So I, I remember my yeah. So I remember my first three episodes were like or four were face-to-face, and then boom lockdown and i'm like oh shit man i just started this thing and like what am i gonna do now like how am i gonna get content how am i gonna interview people how's this gonna work so virtual has been like my home for like a lot of people but alhamdulillah also with that i've gone to interview people from across the world in malaysia and canada and the states so like it's really expanded the range of the podcast so i'm grateful for it but i am like you i do prefer the face-to-face it's just a different energy 
when you're like sitting across when you're sitting across a person. So I totally understand. And so when you started the podcast, like you said, uh, first episode was with Joe. How did did your as the podcast grew and like evolved? Did you start having like how what was your thought process with the guests? Like so, you'd bring a guest on. Did you start preparing questions? Was there like a certain story or theme that you knew you wanted to cover with that guest? What did that What did that process look like? Or was it just come on, let's have a conversation about you know whatever? Yeah, to be honest with you, I'm like your total opposite, man. I do not prepare. Like okay. I, I okay. don't. Like I just uh, I just know that this guest is this is what they do and i the whole, the reason i asked them on is because they have an interesting story of some sorts and i know that i want to okay. get to that story uh but i leave it up to the guest to navigate and um and then i i pick on cues from the guest and what sure. the guest said and and once they if i pick up something that's really interesting i steer the conversation in that direction but honestly, in my entire time uh, for Bastion Meets, I've only prepared twice. Once was for Slash, uh, just because I had yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, and I, I knew that there was there was certain things I can and cannot ask. So for example, they asked me not to ask anything around Guns N' Roses. And I, I can only okay. ask okay. about solo band and that kind of thing. Even though he was playing in Abu Dhabi uh, as part of Guns N' Roses, you know. Um, so it was really challenging for me to get, uh, you know, to talk to the fucking guy from. Sorry, I'm swearing. Up. <laughs> this is your show, bro. You can do whatever you want. The guest decides. <laughs> so it was really tough for me to uh, talk to the, you know, the co-founder of Guns N' Roses without talking about Guns N' Roses. But anyway, um, I found an angle um, about his new album and um, and like that sort of thing. And uh, and funnily enough, there was one song that I loved on his album that I asked him about. And he told me, uh, and that's why I think an episode writes itself. Uh, he told me that, uh, you know, that song, that particular song, he pitched it to, the, to, to be a, one of the songs in, uh, in The Walking Dead, the series, The Walking Dead. And yeah. it was rejected. Um, so, and then he took it and he, he created his own song with it. But then I sent that out to like publications as a press release. And that got wildfire, picked up like wildfire, you know, oh, like, I'm telling you, like from GQ to the Independent to like like all these major publications wow. picked it up, uh, which was pretty insane. Uh, so that's one. Two is another guy called Alex Skolnick. He's um, he's a guitar player for a band called uh, Testament, um, another heavy metal band. <laughs> you know, like rock and roll. Um, and again, I had like a, a limited amount of time, uh, so I wanted to make sure that you know I'm talking to one of the legends of thrash. You know and and I want to make sure that I get my, you know, my fanboyism in there, you know, but in a structured yeah, yeah. way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are the only two times, but other than, other than that, I really don't prepare, man. Like yesterday, I was talking to Luay, the, the head of GM, and um, to be honest, he just said a few things, and and I just played on the things that he was saying, you know, and okay. And sometimes, like with with some guests, you feel like you're not getting that energy, and um, and you're not getting that response. So you almost have to inject more of yourself into the conversation just to, to um, you know, to, to talk more and to be more comfortable, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, I guess that's my, I don't really have a real process, man. That's, that's okay. really what it is. Oh, it's really- but yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with you though. Like you're really like, you're really on your game, man. You're really on top of the ball. <laughs> like, you really know a lot of things about the guests before they come on. And I think that's, you know, that's one way that's, that's really good as well. Thank you. First of all, thank you for the kind words, man. The way I see it is, I think each podcast has a, a different like goal, right? Uh, with yours, it's all about telling like storytelling. You want to know about the guest's story, whatever it might be, and into you in the conversation, you'll guide it based on you know what they're saying. With mine, I'm the whole point behind this podcast is to help people. So I'm like, okay, I have a guest coming on. They're an expert in their field. First of all, I want to respect the, the guests giving me their time. So I want to do as much research as possible because then that makes me have better questions and a better conversation. And two, that's how if someone's listening to this now, they want to start a podcast. They'll be like, there's so much from what we've already spoken about that you've said about your journey and your story that I can be like, OK, so that's what I should think about when I start a podcast, like the audience, like the equipment, that how to start. So I think it just depends on what everyone has their own formula and it just goes down to whatever you prefer. But I'm curious in the because you like doing it, I guess, more free flow than, than what I do. How is it when you had the had it questioned? Did you did you like it or did you prefer like you wish I had more time to really just like let loose and like have like more of a conversation? 
I always prefer the let loose, but um, even my questions were were cues. They weren't weren't really questions. So like okay. I just yeah. had my iPad in front of me and I had cues like uh, you know thrash uh, 1984. Um, you know what I mean? Just something to to get my mind in a right in a track rather than sure. anything else. But I don't have a because I don't have time to read a question and I feel like it's awkward. I interviewed James Hetfield once from Metallica and this was my first one. And I think also that if, if I ever wanted to repeat an interview, it would have been that because that is when I wrote down questions. But to be fair, I was also kind of nervous because I'm of course. Uh, Come on. a huge Metallica fan, you know, and sitting with James Hetfield and I knew I had just 15 minutes with James Hetfield. Um, you know, I really needed to get those questions in there, you know, like <laughs> album. Uh, hey, do you check Instagram? Uh, do you see yourself? Well, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. It was, it was phenomenal. Like it was one of the best 15 minutes of my life. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that was, that was the only time I had questions. But otherwise, it's just cues. It's just cues. Yeah. No, but it makes, like you said, it makes a lot of sense. Everyone has their own their own process. Um, I was curious because Basel Meets is an it's a, like it's a it's a conversation. It's an interview show. And I've had a lot of my fr- uh, a couple of my friends recently telling me like, Khalid, you should do a solo episode. And then coincidentally, I listened to yours, which was a fully solo episode. So how is so because I've always been on the fence about it. I'm like, am I that interesting? Like, I don't know. Like, what would I talk about? What would I say? Like when there's a guest, it's easy. I bounce off whatever the guest says. So how was that experience for you doing the solo episode? Did you enjoy it? Did you not like it? What did you think? I mean, the only reason I did it is because we, I had some updates and I felt like I yeah. owe, owe it to the subscriber and the listener to to like, wait, yo, I've been missing for a while. This is why I've been missing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'd be honest, like I'm not a big fan of, um, of being like just uh, talking about myself or uh, or, you know, like I just find it I just find it awkward, you know? Um, yeah, I feel so, like, <laughs> I would only do it if like there's a real reason to do it, you know. Yeah. Like even right now we're talking like I'm I'm not talking about myself per se. I'm talking about my experience, you know, like uh, yeah. you know things that I've been through and that kind of thing. And I'm, I'd like to share that with you and that kind of thing. But but um, otherwise I I just find it weird because um, I don't know to like uh, it's weird for me to what's self flattery versus being what's valuable, you know. And I always yeah. try to be on the on the part of valuable. You know, give some valuable information in return. I've always been like that with everything. Like I don't like um, uh, I don't like praise where it's not due. For example, you know, um, for example, when we've raised this money and that kind of thing for Rising Giants, and uh, and I just found it really odd people congratulating me. You know, like, congratulations. Like I didn't get married. I didn't get you know like <laughs> I, mean, I don't do anything that's uh, like yeah we got funding which is great and I, I agree it's a milestone. But um, but like. I found it odd because I, now I like I, I got to make it work, you know. Like so, congratulate me when it works, you know. Don't congratulate me when, mm. when, when I just like it's we're still on the journey, you know. It's weird, and I know that I shouldn't be this way, and I, I should work on that. But uh, but that's something that uh, like I have an issue with. Yeah, no, but I understand that. I can I can really resonate with that because, like you said, you just you don't feel like okay yes we, this has just been a step we haven't achieved the goal that we're trying to achieve so like congratulate me when we get there so no i totally understand and since we're on uh, rising giants uh, that's where i wanted to end up anyway um what i noticed is because i know of a couple of other podcasting companies around here that do you know they produce shows and narrative stories and so on and i was starting to think in my head, I was like, and from the data, I know that those kind of stories, particularly also if they're in Arabic, have the highest like engagement and reach, especially because, you know, Saudi is a huge market and so on. And there's probably a lack of Arabic quality content in the region. So I was trying to think, but why is it that the narr- those narrative stories or narrative storytelling seems to be the ones that are the most successful? I've never understood that. What do you what do you guys think? I think um, I think storytelling is universal, you know, and okay. uh, I think, uh, you know, whether you tell a story to a five-year-old or a 90-year-old, whether you tell a story to a Mexican, American, an Arab, whoever, like a story is a story and everybody loves stories, you know, um, that, and I think taking somebody through a, an immersive uh, storytelling experience is, um, it takes them away for, for a while, you know, like it, it kind of removes you from your reality. Mm. Um, so if you're like, driving between your job and your house or your house or your job whatever um and you're listening to a podcast in those 20 minutes you're almost like transformed like the traffic doesn't matter anymore the the, the, your worries don't matter anymore like 
what like you're just immersed in this story right now it, you know and and that's i think the value that we can, and, and you can get value out of it that's another thing you can get some value or some kind of moral out of this uh, and it enriches you you know it enriches your thinking enriches your you know whatever it is all these angles that a story can give you you, you get that enrichment out of it um so i think that's that's what it is i think those are the the, the key things that that get people or make these type of shows more successful um look i think conversational shows also are successful like they you know like you could look at joe rogan he's the biggest podcaster in the world you know it's the biggest podcast in the world so there's there's no doubt that Joe Rogan is the the big Kahuna when it comes to podcasts, you know. For sure. And then you have a lot of them that are conversational. Like I like Nikki Glaser, um, Nikki Glaser's show You Up. It's called. It's like a comedy show. It's really good. It's on Sirius XM. I mean, it's not really a podcast, but still, I mean, it's it's really good. Um, there's also uh, Your Mom's House. You know, there's. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Your, your mom's basement, sorry. There's also some of the guys here, like Hamburger Generation, doing a great. I, I love listening to their podcasts. I, yeah, I, it's like, awesome. I love their show. Um, you know, and you, so there's, a conversa- there's, a, there's a room for conversational shows, 100%, you know. Um, but also, I think with conversational shows, the reason you have, you know, you can't say the same about their success is because there's so many of them, you know, like the barrier of entry is so small. Sure. Um, and all you need is a mic and just go for it, you know. Um, so, and that's what you and I have done, right? So like essentially that's what exactly. we Exactly, yeah. Um, so, but so be, just by the sheer the amount of them out there, that's why you probably have a smaller percentage being successful just because, you know, there's just way more of them. Um, but there's always space for it, and specifically if the topic is good, um, you know, and, and that's something that I always, like I, I believe in conversational shows still, I think there's still room for them to start and grow. And I think in Rising Giants, if we find shows uh, conversational that will take on, we will do it, and and we'll add the narrative element to it. You know, um, yeah. I'm just worried, like myself, and and when I look at Rising Giants and the shows that we're building, uh, I'm always worried. Even if it's conversational, always have a narrative, a thread, um, and an audience that you know you're talking to. You know, um, yeah. And we have Ahu Khabriye with Maya Hajjaj. It's a show. It's going to be conversational. Um, but we're adding a story element to it and we're adding a thread, a narrative thread through the conversation. So it never steers too far from the thread. From, and I think that okay. serves the audience okay. in the best way. You know, like the audience always knows what they're getting and and they're not disappointed in episode number 20 that it's like they're now talking about cars. I'm not going to talk about cars at any point in this podcast. You know, you know what you're getting in this podcast. And I think that's something, I think that's really clear. The proposition of the show, when it's clear, you know, it's, um, you know, you'll, you'll build, you, I think you'll build the audience better. And I think that's why a show like Bass and Meets is, is dif- more difficult to, to build because to, to an audience, it's like, what is he talking Sometimes he's talking about with the head of GM and then he's talking to Slash and then he's talking to about me. Like, it's just weird. Like, what's the proposition of the show? And for me, it's mm. stories. I'm telling you stories through these people, whether it's a Slash or it's a, or it's, it's, a, it's somebody who you've never heard of before, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess that's all. I'm trying. So, so I think it, just to go back to your question to wrap it up is it's really the narrative, um, okay, the escape uh, that you can build and the narrative it's, and and the and the immersive experience it can provide somebody. Um, yeah. I think that's why shows do really well. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I probably haven't considered myself because I think. I think when you do, like, for example, I do this type of podcast because these are the only podcasts I listen to and that I love. I only typically listen, besides maybe Hamburger Generation is an exception because, like, I just, it's, I love that show and it's so, it's hilarious. Um, all my podcasts I listen to are always about, like, value. Like, I want to listen to two experts talking and, like, take something from it to help me. I'm just obsessed with, like, personal development and that stuff. Um, but I think that also, like, listening to you has maybe distorted my perception a little bit because in my mind I'm like oh this is the way to do it but like you correctly said a story and an immersive experience takes you away I'm trying to get you fully like in and focused and that kind of gives you like a little bit of a break to like you know go away and like think about all these different things so that's a very but, you know, man, point. Th- this this concept is also really good I mean like sometimes you want to like enrich your mind you know and that's sure. what you're doing something that enriches people's minds and they get something out of this and look, I think you have you've got a clear proposition yourself. You know, you you know you 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 kind of know what you want to get out of this podcast, which is like you want to help people to get something out of this show, like whether whatever this episode is or whatever episode you, you're doing, uh, you there's some kind of lesson to be learned out of out of this. You know, 
Yeah. Uh, whether it's you know, and somebody else, you know, there's always a lesson to be learned. And I think yeah, that's a really cool proposition to have. I think there's a lot of market, uh, a lot of room, sorry, for for something like that. You know, yeah. Um, sometimes I'm not in the mood to listen to like a, a business wars kind of podcast or a, sure. or um, Doctor Death or whatever. I'm just I'm, I'm I'm in the mood to listen to somebody tell give me some kind of enrichment. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just saying there's there's room for everything. You know. Build it and they will come. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes back again. Build it and they will come indeed. Um, uh, Bas, I just have a few more questions for you. Uh, I want to be conscious of our time. Number one, now you started the Rising Giants has just started. Uh, you just got the investment. You know, things are looking positive. What do, what's your perspective or what's your outlook on the future of podcasting here? Is Are we, do you think we're now in still in like the the like let's say in, in in terms of the industry in the early stages like there's still i know there's a lot more to come but we're still in the early stage or now have we i feel this past year and i'm sure once you started getting into podcasts i noticed and like so many people like do podcasts here and like there's a lot more that are starting to grow so what's your perspective looking forward now for the next couple of years yeah i think it's still early for sure okay. um i think it's we're still like we're still starting we're uh, you know, uh, look, I mean, if you look at the ecosystem, you have like, I think just two or three companies that had like investment. Um, and that's kind of early in the game, right? Like we're still early in the game. I think we're still on the ground floor, if you will. But the, the building okay. is being built, you know, okay. and um, I like that. And uh, yeah, and, and I think when you look at the outlook, I, I really think there's a lot of potential specifically in Saudi Arabia. They're really into podcasting. I mean, we're talking about nearly six million people who listen to podcasts in Saudi. And, you know, when we talk to, you know, people in different federations in Saudi Arabia, uh, you know, they're really switched on in terms of podcasts. Like they really want to get into podcasting, which is amazing. And that shows you the indication of the future. Um, you know, 10 years ago when, when Twitter was big in Saudi, it was at about five to 6 million people, you know, and today Twitter is still the biggest platform in Saudi and it's about 20 million people. Wow. And, and I think that's the trajectory that we're moving in with podcasts. We're five, six million people today. And I think in, in 10 years, we'll reach the 20, 30 million mark, you know. Um, so I don't see it in any way getting smaller. If anything, I, I see it getting bigger. And I think that's the belief that people have in Rising Giants. That's why they invested. Um, you know, we see growth. I mean, look, we, we started this company in July and our goal was to get to a certain number of downloads um but then by the end of the year when when we looked at our numbers we had double our goal wow. you know amazing and, and that's yeah that's something that's that's really that's really awesome to think about that uh, we the 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 listenership has grew grow faster than what we wanted to achieve you know so look i i think you know two years down the line i think if 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 there's any indication of what Spotify and Apple and all these guys are doing um, with the investments now with Amazon buying Wondery and everything, this is just, this is just the cycle, right? The cycle of what happens is it grows there first and then it and then, grows and grows and then it trickles down to us, you know? And so what we want is to be at the forefront of this um, once, once it actually matures and rising giants and others like us, like Kerning Cultures, you know, they, we want to be, uh, at the forefront of this with them and um, <clears throat> and and get to where we want to get to. And I think we will get there. I think we'll see we'll see the listeners really grow in the next few years. Yeah. And I think I totally agree with you on that. That I love the example that you said that we're at the ground floor, but the building is being built. I think that's the perfect way to describe like where we are right now. And I think if there was ever a time to start a podcasting company, given the way everything's moving, your timing couldn't have been better. So I'm sure, I'm, inshallah, and I have no doubt you guys you guys will kill it over the next few years with the way you're going already. Um, and Basta, for my last two questions that I ask uh, all my guests, first of all is, looking back over the last couple of years or as long as you want, what would you say is your either your proudest moment or what are you most proud of for yourself? You know, um, it's, I think, I don't know if I have a proudest moment. This is really, a, a, I don't know. Look, I I feel like there's good decisions that I've done, you know? Okay. Um, marrying my wife was one of the best decisions, if not the best decision that I've ever, ever done. Um, I, you know, I've, I, she's been such a positive force in my life, you know? Um, and I'm not saying we have the perfect marriage or anything. I'm not saying that. I'm saying Marriage's that. It's normal. <laughs> yeah. She, she's just been, uh, you know, when I compare my life pre, and this is something I do, like I, I always give sense checks to myself 
you know, where I am today and if I'm better off or I'm worse. And I always see that point in 2014, like, you know, after getting married, I always think I'm like, I've become so much better after that, you know? Um, and, uh, and that's, that was really, really like one of the best things that I've done. And second is, uh, is, you know, having my son, uh, funnily enough, when you become a dad, like, uh, you become much more engaged in what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like, I feel like I have much bigger purpose. Like I need to build rising giants now. Yeah. yeah. Like I, you know, I need Zane to see me as like a doer and, a and, a you know, and, a you know, a, you know, I want him to look up to me, you know, and, uh, and I feel like I need to work harder. I need to produce more. I need to do these type of things. So these are, I think, two key milestones for me, to be honest. Um, look, there are proud moments, but these proud moments are always, you know, it's, I wouldn't call them milestones. One thing that I think is really interesting that happened to me was um, I had an interview with Netflix and, um, okay. and that lasted for like, it lasted six months. You know, I wrote about it on LinkedIn and, but it, I never got the job at the end, but, um, but it was one of the most uh, consequential things that happened to me. Um, and that's because uh, when you interview with Netflix, they ask you to go through their culture deck. Uh, it's 100 70 pages, I think, of um, just basically what's the culture of Netflix. And you immerse yourself with this thing before you go into the, the interviews and you go through a bunch of them, right? It lasted six months for me. So like I'm talking about 12 different interviews. Wow. Um, and then you immerse yourself more and more and more. And I think one thing that came out of this is this concept called uh, uh, freedom and responsibility. And, uh, and I think what I want to say, I immersed myself in the thinking of freedom and responsibility. It became a way I worked, even though I didn't work at Netflix at the end. Like I continued my job at Red Bull and, and I did all that stuff, but, but it made me a much better uh, leader to my team. You know what I mean? Like, um, <clears throat> like I gave them the freedom to do whatever they want, but they're responsible to deliver on whatever it is that they need to deliver on and the freedom and responsibility for myself to, to leave Red Bull eventually and go do Rising Giants and the responsibility to deliver on what I promised myself to do. So that was yeah. very consequential to me. Funny enough, I never got the job and I always try to think, what was the reason? Like, why did God put me in this situation, you know? And, uh, and I always try to find, find that. Um, and one last thing is, is going to um, uh, the US um, as part of a Young Arab Leaders Program back, like this was 10 years ago. Okay. Um, and that was also kind of like consequential for me that I realized I didn't want to stay in my certain role. Like I didn't mm. want to be like an account executive and an ad agency. You know, I want to do more with my life because there were so many bigger conversations to be had. And yeah, uh, yeah I guess that's the inception of it. That yeah. was a really long time. <laughs> There's a lot to be proud of and you should be. Why not? Um, I love those stories, um, you know, especially with like, you know, with Netflix and with the Young Arab Leaders thing, because... Like you said, the question you're asking yourself, because I do something similar, like, why did that happen? You know, why did that happen to me? Why didn't I get it? But you can always look back and there's like, everyone has those like moments in life that like something changed. You're a new perspective, a new outlook on life. You got a new direction because of it. So being aware of it and seeing where you are today, alhamdulillah, you know, it looks like everything has worked out the way it should. Yeah, so from, I'm on the right. I mean, I'm, I'm on the path that I'm meant to be on. Whether exactly. it's right or whatever. I'm meant to be on this path, you know? Exactly. That This path feels right to you. You're like, this, yeah. this is, yeah, this works for me. Yeah. 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 And okay. it, but look, if it, if, if it fails, we tried, right? Like we tried. And then exactly. my son will still be proud that I tried. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's all. <laughs> that's all we can do, man. At the end of the day, we can't control what's going to happen. We can just control how much we try. So I totally resonate with that. And exactly. for my last message, Basil, I ask every guest, is what is the message you'd like everyone to take home with them today? Uh, focus on, <laughs> well, actually yesterday, this was a really cool thing because uh, I, who I had on Basel Meets, he said, uh, don't worry about the things you can't control, focus on the things that you can't control. And I, that totally like resonated with me, you know, like, oh, cause I'm a kind of person who thinks and overthinks and that kind of thing. And, uh, and honestly, that's something that I really, like that we, I really took that with me and I'm still thinking about it today. Um, that's one. And two is another thing that resonates with me is um, if you have a team or you're hiring people, and I know this is the kind of podcast here, but so if you, if you do, then, you know, I believe in the concept of hire the best and get out of the way. 
um, you know, that's something that I really believe in. And that, now that I'm in, in a position where I'm, you know, building a team and, and that kind of thing, and that's something that I want. I want to build the best, uh, hire the best and, and get out of their way. Just let them do what they need to do, you know, and, uh, and I believe in that too. So yeah, I guess those two things. And also listen to legendary rock stories. Yes, guys, check it out. <laughs> yeah. If there's one thing, really, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we'll make sure we'll plug it in. We'll make sure to do the tags and everything. Don't worry about it. Uh, Basil, man, thank you so much for your time today and for coming on the show. I've absolutely loved this conversation. Always fun talking to someone who's in a similar industry and really learned a lot from you, how the way we think about podcasts and moving to a company and like all the struggles you went through. I loved it. So thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate your time, man. And I, I, I really appreciate what you're doing here. I think it's awesome. It's fantastic. Um, I think your show is is definitely something that's uh, that that has a really clear objective. And I think it's going to hopefully resonate with so many people. Um, you've got a cool style, man. I love it. And, and, and you know, it's very inviting. Um, so it's really cool. And I, I really, you know, wish nothing but the best for you, man. So I really hope this really takes off. Habibi, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, guys, to everyone listening, thank you so much. And as always, hope it helps. Peace.